Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? <laughs> I could listen to this song all day. <laughs> yeah, forget the after show. Let's just watch Oingo Boingo music videos. They're kind of amazing. <laughs> they really are. If you guys haven't listened or seen the music video for this song, you really should. Hello, Z Nation fans. Welcome to another edition of the Z Nation After Buzz After Show. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 8, The Collector. How are you all doing tonight? I'm a little under the weather, but I'm doing okay. Just a smidgen. <laughs> I am super duper ready to talk. Just, just jazzed. Just jazzed. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> we have a very, very special guest with us tonight. But let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kiaxe. That's K I A X E T. I am also checking the hashtag that is A B T V Z Nation. Michelle Cullen. Hello, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And our wonderful, wonderful guest tonight, David Latt. Hi, you could find me here at AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Whether we like it or not, every yes. single week, <laughs> every, I'm always here, here in the studio. I'm always, always here. Yep. I'm always yeah, here. he's usually just on the couch. Or I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging up in the mm-hmm. crawl space. Uh, guys, I'm your host, Megan Salinas. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's episode. Because this was a, a little bit of a different turn. <laughs> it was. I loved this episode so much. Wow. <laughs> I think you were you were saying that this has been your favorite so far this season? This has been my favorite episode so far this season. And last week's was my favorite until this one aired. I, there, there's something about the basement-dwelling uber nerd who got kicked out of Comic-Con for having live carry. (laughs) Just like, this is horrifying, and I've met some people like this, and I've met some people who have the potential to become this, but it was basically written by the nerds, for the nerds, and it was so funny. I loved this episode. That's the tagline for this episode. (laughs) By the nerds, for the nerds. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. The cosplay rant was not written by someone who doesn't understand what cosplay is. I'm not going to lie. I have a soft spot for any time any television show does like a mad scientist where he straight up almost says word for word, they called me mad. You know, (laughs) those fools at the academy. (laughs) The CDC. Yeah. It just reminds me of all those like cartoonish, super mad scientists that I used to watch when I was a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you, Michelle? Thoughts on this week's episode? I thought it was good. I thought it was an interesting concept to combine a Smithsonian feel with, you know, the new exhibit of the zombies. And I don't know what that building was in in Texas. Like, I don't know what museum he took over to accomplish that, but it was intriguing. And he clearly was not a doctor, but he had a (laughs) lot of tools that doctors use, and it was concerning, especially the bone marrow moment. That yeah. was messed up. He emptied out the building, is what you know, and, and just uh, put his own stuff in there. So, oh, okay, you know, it doesn't have to be anything. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been collecting. He's been collecting. So, I am curious as to what this guy has been doing the entire time. He, you know, we've been going through the zombie apocalypse because he's clearly had a few years to sort of gather all these resources together. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's been busy collecting. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, but you can see uh, from the very first moment of how he does it, which is set the trap and the brains. And I think this is an episode where I'm sure we'll talk about you know the brains uh, for <laughs> once um, that um, you know attracts the zombies and and um, you know pulls them into his world. I like that the show. Uh, this is the second time that the show has acknowledged that zombies like brains uh, because it's not something that's always addressed in zombie lore. Uh, and this is the second time this season. The first time being when the zombie was actually able to speak in the plant episode. Well, I, you know, one of the things that you know Carl and the team does so well is um, they are so true to what the mythology is about zombies, which is. Um, you know, what they, how they react, what they do, and, and everything else. And yet, they go from there, they go, okay, that's the base, but now let's kind of spread out and have radioactive zombies, and let's <laughs> have, you know, clown zombies, and, and, Ooh, and no. just, uh, and plant zombies. That was our, oh. that was the cheese one. Um, so, uh, you know, they, but they at least keep the core, and the core is about brains. It really is. So, you're gonna have that uh, in the show. I love Doc's comment about collect all ten. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the tagline for this kind episode. And that's oh. the Christmas gift I want to see. I want to see that collect all ten uh, zombie pack. Get on it, guys. We know you have Etsy. For you Do guys it. who have fan who uh, submit fan art all the time, show us your fan art oh. of all ten zombie figures. I have this platform right now with the fan art. It's uh, with the fans out there doing the art. It's amazing. I mean, you know, I produce a lot of films, Sharknado being one of them, which is very popular. But the fan art, we've never, se- I've never seen it before. Maybe all TV series get them, but uh, but the art is, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> the time and the effort that they put into this stuff uh, is is it's great. Love it. Keep 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 going. Now, David, we got to talk to you a little bit at Comic Con, but for those of our viewers who don't know, do you want to explain a little bit about your role at the asylum? Uh, well, we talked about it earlier, eye candy. That's, uh, <laughs> that's really what it is. Uh, but uh, there's three partners, and um, I'm one of the founding partners. We started about 18 years ago. Uh, and I've basically, I primarily just do physical production. So anything that's been greenlit by my other partners comes to my table and said, all right, we're doing this uh, particular show, get it going. And, and um, I produce about two to three films every month, um, including the TV series uh, Z Nation. And uh, my hands-on experience with Z Nation is really just whatever Carl the showrunner wants to do. Uh, you know, uh, in Carl we trust, and uh, uh, he's just, uh, he's taken into directions that I would have never gone into that are fantastic. My next question was going to be, what was your reaction when Z Nation was initially presented to you? Was was it just like, okay, Carl, whatever you want? Well, you know, it's one of those things that started at Sci-Fi, and uh, Sci-Fi said, look, you need to get a showrunner. And I'm like, I produce 200 movies. I don't need a showrunner. And thank goodness, uh, clearer heads prevailed and said, no, you need a showrunner. <laughs> You've never produced television before. Um, and they gave us a list of a few, and Carl was at the top of the list. And for whatever reason, he said yes. And then he brought his stuff to the table, the biggest being this is not Walking Dead. You know, don't worry, it's not. And I never really saw it. I'm like, I'm like, it kind of feels like it is. And he's like, don't worry. The tone's going to be different and, and whatnot. And he kept going, you know, very strong with that. And you see, you read the script. You're like, yeah, okay. It kind of is not Walking Dead. I get it. And then when you see the dailies and the actors and, the, and how it's edited together, you're like, you know, it's, <laughs> and it's so Carl and it's so Craig Engler, who also is a co-creator. Uh, it's their voice. And, you know, thank goodness they're, they've been involved. They're so involved in every episode and it really drives the narrative and where it goes. And so with Carl, it's, you know, have fun, go crazy. I'll, I'll see you for a couple of weeks in Spokane, and then I go back and uh, do other things. So, uh, uh, yeah, they keep you busy then. They, you know, it, my role is very is very uh, easy because I just kind of look at the dailies and uh, and if there's a problem, I call up and say, "What's going on?" They they say, "Don't worry, it's this way." I say, "Okay, that's fine." Um, and, uh, and and always it works. Always it works out. You know, uh, concerns I had with even uh, the collector this episode. Um, you know, they all kind of worked out magically uh, in the uh, in the final airing of it, and it just and it's one of our highest rated, uh, you know, well spoken, you know, critically acclaimed episodes, which is wonderful. Uh, and I'm not surprised, but it's it's just from where it was, you know, you, you see every incarnation and. It's great. They, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, it is, um, especially because we've had um, Michael and Carl on the show, and one of the things they've mentioned is how much ends up getting cut, because a lot of times right. they'll shoot mm-hmm. an episode, and it's 
like an hour and a half yeah. and so much of it has to get cut you know left on the cutting room floor and that's really unfortunate because there's a lot of good stuff from the sound of it that gets cut it's kind well, of not, a bummer not just uh, scenes that are cut and I think we keep most of the scenes there but the actors are so good I mean they're just we got really lucky we got really lucky with all the actors that um, that Ultimately, their reactions on how they respond to things, and you want to do cutaways uh, to to their reactions, and those are the things that kind of have to get cut down and stuff. But it's all there, and yeah, we probably have a whole other season just based on reactions. <laughs> just an entire season yes. of reaction shots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say though, the performances in this episode were exceptional. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are focusing mostly on Murphy and the Collector, and they there was just a lot of really good. Like the way it was shot, it feels very claustrophobic. And when you're, the camera is that close, you really do have to give a good performance. And I thought they did great. It, it yeah, yeah. I'll always talk. Just, just cut me off, but, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> I lost my thought. <laughs> well, and I'll gone. say that uh, that that Keith. I think the the actor that played the collector is actually a friend of Keith's. Um, uh, Keith, uh, <laughs> who plays Murphy. Uh, and um, from his theater days, I mean, Keith is a, is a strong theater actor out here in uh, Los Angeles, and um, and knows a lot of great actors. Um, and uh, and so they had good chemistry together, which uh, which is great. And he looks crazy, and, uh, <laughs> and is yeah, he does mad scientist very he, he well. Does he does mad scientist very well. I really want to know how he got Zombie R.R. R. Martin all the way from San Diego. <laughs> Uh, Where there's a will, there's a way. Magic. (laughs) Well, he also got, I mean, as far as we know, uh, he got the Fido zombie from Minneapolis. And he got a blaster, too. The blaster is a tough one. How are those to corral? Although, I look at the blaster and say he's kind of docile in this episode, you know, much more than what you would think the blaster would be. So I'm going to say that it was probably a sickly blaster. Um, that was probably on the tail end of his, you know, insanity. That was yeah. what we were thinking, too, because Murphy, they made a big point of showing that Murphy didn't have control over them. Right. So that's what we were thinking, too, is that he was a little bit sicker or somehow not as strong or, like, because he was alone, that that's why Murphy was able to control him towards the end. It's a second-class yeah. blaster. I, I'm going to say that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch the episode again, but he was wearing the same suit and bigger... I don't know what larger ties are actually called, um, but he was wearing the same get-up that the blaster that we kind of see the ending shot on. Um, it was a tour was uh, that was going on. Yeah, a white suit tour, I was going to say uh, that. Like, I, I imagine that there was some sort of conference going on <laughs> or, or maybe, something along those lines. Or maybe it was a different suit, but the blast, you know, just made it all white. Maybe. And so no matter what you're wearing, it auto- automatically became a white suit. Maybe. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, as you kind of touched on, this uh, this was a very meta episode of Z Nation, even more so, like to the point where they're actually pointing at different zombie movies and talking about them. And so, again, it was very fitting that this episode started off with brains. Although I have to say, like, that was probably really unsettling for, for me to see Murphy looking at his friends and, like, kind of, like, fantasizing about their brain. Your reaction was yeah. beautiful. Well, it, it reminded me of those cartoons when, like, two characters are stuck on a desert island and they look at each other and they and look like... starts looking like a hot dog? A hot dog or, like, a turkey leg, mm-hmm. things like that. It Like, that's what it felt like to me. I don't know. What was your guys' reaction when you saw Doc's brain? I'm sure Murphy had a very internal moment of WTF is happening to me right now because in... In contrast to that theory, like, we're we're acclimated to eating hot dogs. We're very used to, you know, those food groups appearing when we're hungry. Maybe. I've never been in that situation. Have you just summoned um, a hot dog? <laughs> Accio hot dog, and there it is. Well, it's not summoning. It's hallucinating. Yeah. Um, oh, but okay. he's, Murphy's very never different. eaten a brain, so that's not a typical hallucination. That's very much his brain is doing something, and he's having this very visceral reaction, I think, uh, visceral craving. And for me as a producer and as a fan of the show, um, I think it just shows to Dan Merchant, the director, and and Carl and and the whole team, to actually, that's a big chance to do something like that on television, especially a drama comedy. You don't, that's, because it's kind of silly, you know, to see the brains, as you were saying, the the hot dog and and, and (laughs) it's, but they go there and I wouldn't do it, you know, (laughs) uh, because I think it might be too silly. 
but I think it really helps kind of, you know, put a nail in a coffin about what the tone is and look, yeah, we're doing serious stuff, but there's some kind of kitsch to it, some cheese to it, a big ball of cheese. Chad is asking (laughs) for an update as (laughs) to the location of the cheese wheel wheel right now. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I think the tone's pretty well. I I have to say, and this, I don't know if I'm going to get kicked under the table by (laughs) Carl, who is here. No, he's not here. Uh, Which which is that in the script on the Mississippi episode, the first thing is the cheese is, is coming down the Mississippi. And I was waiting for that, and I kept going, where is it? Oh, it's coming, it's coming. I guess they ran out of time, because, you know, when you're doing network stuff, you have to go really, really fast. So maybe it'll come hopefully later on, but it, it was supposed to happen there. And it was, it, it was you know, I, it, it was not, uh, yeah. It's going to be the final shot of the season. The cheese stands alone. <laughs> I was going to say, my not to get into predictions, but I would love it if the cheese came in. Uh, to save them from a predicament in the season finale. Yes! They set up the Mississippi, too, because they said when when the cheese went down, they said, how far is it going to go? She goes, it goes all the way down to the Mississippi. (laughs) So, I'm not wrong. It was supposed to be there in that, uh, maybe it was behind the bushes. I don't know. It's going to be a slow burn on the cheese wheel, guys. (laughs) How about you, Michelle? Where do you think the cheese wheel is at right now? Because we're in Texas, right? We made it all the way to Texas. I have no idea where that cheese wheel ended up from Wisconsin. It would be funny if it ended up in the Grand Canyon. That would be a pretty. <laughs> I hope someone is using it as a raft for survival. <laughs> like it made it to the Mississippi but they missed it and someone else took full advantage of it. I think it would be a bridge I, for a little while. It's a very wide I, I will, body of water. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if, true. if you guys know about the whole season but we do wonderful things <clears throat> with the Grand Canyon coming up. <gasps> so... <laughs> exciting. Uh, there are no spoilers with me. If you ask me anything. The who real, lives, who dies, there come on, bring it on. There weren't any with Carl either, and that was interesting. <laughs> what was that? Carl has spoiled me for more than one thing this season, including, oh, episode six, we kill someone, and this is two weeks before that, and I'm sitting there going, oh my god, why did you tell me that? <laughs> Surprise! Um, real, Not for me. Real Grand Canyon or Spokane Grand Canyon? Anyways, these are really <laughs> nice mics. Um, Aren't they great? Okay, look, we shoot the whole hope. thing in Spokane. I know. Okay? I sometimes but I... is there going? To, will there be a remote uh, uh, video or what? You know, however we shoot this thing from the Grand Canyon. Yes, I mean there will be. You you will see actual Grand Canyony Grand Canyons. Um, Stop Grand Canyon footage with zombies right. superimposed. We couldn't. Why of course, not? It, it says CNN on it. It was a stock shot of a CNN thing, but yeah, it's it's okay. You'll just have to use your imagination. <laughs> well, going back to Oh, and everyone dies in that scene. Oh, yeah, everybody. so just, just everyone like, you know, so, I knew it. Yeah, everybody. We have a whole new cast coming in on episode eight. It's right amazing. the end. <laughs> total party wipe, just, guys. Yeah, total yeah. party and, wipe. And fancy cursive. The end. We haven't told oh. the cast, though. So. <laughs> they Don't know worry, now. Mom's, mom's yeah. the word. Yep. But no to go back watch. to Murphy and his hallucination, <laughs> you're right. It is very cartoony. But at the same time, I had a, I had a very visceral reaction to it because he's never wanted that before and as we mm-hmm. go throughout the season we we had it a lot last season but like we see the like the stages in his evolution and we really haven't seen like a big jump since he peeled off all his skin it's it's very plotted out i mean that's something that they really work on for months and months and months in the writers room all of them um you know how murphy is going to evolve how all the characters are really going to have an arc you know you can't really have you can't fall in love with Warren if she's not going to change and grow, you know, in any of the characters, 10K, all of them. So, but Murphy in particular, because he is leading up to some really big moments, uh, you have to kind of make sure these things happen. Like he, all he's in this episode, he's going for brains and next episode he'll do whatever, you know, as he grows. Exactly. So, yeah, it was very unsettling up until the point where there's a brain hanging from a tree limb, and then it's like, guys, that's that's clearly a trap. No one would, no one. Like, I don't care how how big of a craving it is. That is clearly a trap. And Murphy, you are smarter than this. Is you he, are better than is this? Is he Murphy? really? <laughs> They've I mean, also established that they are very very low on supplies and low if uh, if not out of food. Yeah. Cha. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it may, again, he was probably very hungry and to be hallucinating about food at all. So fair enough. 
All right, so let's uh, when when he gets trapped and there's another zombie in there and the two of them start playing this fun little game. <laughs> Yeah, was it like that? Yeah, right. there we go. There we go. That's Hot what hands. it was. For those of you who are listening on iTunes, you got to be watching on YouTube. We're, we're doing examples. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, this is, again, just this is another instance of Murphy connecting with a zombie to the point where he can actually teach them things, which to me is very interesting because it's one thing to follow a command and it's a different thing to learn something mm-hmm. new. Yeah, that was a big, that's a big step too, along with the brains. So. Yeah, he's a zombie teacher. Which well, and there were comments about the blaster having uh, retained some brain capacity and being able to learn things. So, might be a possibility. Who so knows? You could teach him how to juggle. <laughs> they could go to your kids' parties. It, it just reminds me of Day of the Dead, both Day of the Dead and um, one of the Resident Evil movies, where you know you have people experimenting with zombies trying to see if this process is reversible and you give them a former human thing to see how they'll react to it and then you see some vestiges of humanity and then like they're like oh look we can cure zombieism because they remember cell phones or something like that and then of course it backfires terribly yeah as well it should yeah Yeah. exactly but again with Murphy it's very very different so then we have in comes this guy wearing battle armor and uh, he ends up killing the other zombie because Murphy is willing it to attack him. And the next thing Murphy knows is he wakes up on this operating table. Is yeah, no, this was this was this was hard to watch because it I was feel just, like that's horrific flashbacks for him. Yeah. Been there, done that, nothing good came oh, out of yeah. it. Right. Yeah, a lot of this was a callback to the very first episode of the series where, like, this terrible thing happened to him and it irrevocably changed his life. Well, and I feel like it was a little bit clip show, but not clip show in the, oh, okay, we're just shoving stuff together with a bad framework. As a producer, a clip show would have been great. (laughs) So much cheaper to produce. (laughs) But I feel like we got a little bit of that, so if you have someone who hasn't watched before, this would be a good episode for them to come in on. Because they got the backstory, they got the premise, it was laid out very well, and it was still very entertaining and very funny. This would be a good introduction to the series for someone who's like, I don't have time to go back and watch 20 episodes, I just want to jump in, what do I do? Well, here. Well, you should watch the first 20 episodes. (laughs) You really should. Like, guys, you gotta watch the whole series, but (laughs) if you're just dying to jump in right away, this would be a good episode to do it. It was very well structured. And it didn't make the previous content seem old. True. I am waiting for someone to reference the genie from Aladdin when they are discussing Murphy. <laughs> like, I just really want that to happen. Has anyone because called him a Smurf yet? We call, we call him on set, Smurfy. Um, yes. But uh, I don't know if he wants that to be known. Sorry. So now, <laughs> that'll be hashtag Smurfy for the rest of his career. I think you're not the um, first person to mention it, so yeah. you're okay. Uh, and, and I personally have never called him Smurfy, but because um, he's taller than me. Um, and he <laughs> he's a very my, tall man. He's not short. That's why it's funny. <laughs> he is not short. <laughs> that is very true. Um, but I, I wanted to get your guys' reaction upon seeing this guy who is very clearly a mad scientist or like an like an aspiring mad scientist because I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a degree in anything. Not even a PhD in horribleness. He doesn't. He even references that. You don't need fancy letters at the end of your name to prove that you know things. Yeah, fancy letters <laughs> do not a genius make. Yeah. Or something like that. I just, yeah, I could something. totally contest that. That's, <laughs> I needed popcorn. Like when he started yeah. going in and talking about things and testing things and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be the draw for this episode. I, I need to... Pause the episode, put the microwave on. Yep, I require popcorn for this. Just you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny. It, it, I'm I'm actually quite surprised how well it played out, and the reviews of this episode were so good, and everything else because it's it's not it's not a run and gun kind of episode, which we've had plenty of. I mean, this is you're, we're putting it on pause. We're doing a little bit of a clip. Um, we're doing a lot of talking um, and a lot of explaining, and um, and it seemed to really. Do well. I don't know if the ratings did well. We have the World Series and Halloween to to compete with, but there's a lot going on uh, right now. Yeah. But you know, it's been generally a well received episode, which is fantastic to to kind of hear and and to enjoy. So, well, part of it is you had the cameo to advertise it with. Wow. It, yes, uh, <coughs> George. Uh, this me. is the second time I've killed George R. R. Martin uh, in one of my <laughs> films. What was um, the fr- 
Oh, first Shark Sharknado, Sharknado 3. Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this payback for A Song of Ice and Fire? No, like, how dare you, George R.R. <laughs> Martin? How well, dare you? What's, what's, what's worse is that after... I, I have met him, but I didn't meet him at, on either one of those uh, uh, shows. Oh, bummer. So it's, and in fact, it's because we met him, we met him at, at Comic-Con in, in San Diego a couple years ago, maybe uh, last year. And Oh my God, was it this year? Uh, no, it was last year. And, <laughs> All the Comic-Cons uh, were together. together. Yeah, it, so. was, it was last year, and, um, and we kind of accosted him uh, with another producer who will go up to anybody, a man named David Garber, and he's like, hey, look, you know, we, we love you, we want uh, to put you in Sharknado 3. He happens to have a uh, theater out in New Mexico, I think, and so we made an exchange. We'll we'll show the show if you are in the film, and then that happened, and then Z Nation happened. It's just a weird. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it works. It works. But I met him there. I didn't meet him on set. I'll have to kill him again uh, in order to meet him. I think that's what will will have to happen. There Third time's go. a charm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. So going kind of <laughs> off of that, let's let's talk about like the tour of this guy's museum because this guy he ugh, I, this guy was just so creepy to me but this guy is essentially creating a museum of I guess zombie lore its place in pop culture and then of course different actual zombies be they celebrity zombies and this was kind of like a best of this season so far too yeah. because we had a plant zombie we had a toxic zombie and then we had a blaster mm-hmm. so it was very much like hey remember all these zombies from the the last couple episodes they they're not going away they may come we back got them back yeah no and i i appreciated that which one was your guys's favorite I, I really liked just Murphy coming by and going, how'd you get a blaster? Where'd you find a Fido zombie? Like, rattling off the names that we know them as. And he's like, oh, I've just been calling her Plant Woman. I like that better. <laughs> I thought that was good. I kind of, and it makes sense for being in the zombie apocalypse, um, but the cardboard signs with glitter letters yes. <laughs> to display was just so and great. It, zombie boy. It felt like every science project I ever had in grade school. <laughs> I know, right? Just all of the glitter. Our art department's great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel they like are. those were really fun to make. I really liked actually just the filming technique, I guess, of cutting in on the collector's writing and yeah. showing the writing, flashing to his face, showing back to what he's showing. Thing, I, I think, really liked them, that. Because on every incarnation of the uh, rough cut, it was always, what's going on? Why is it this? And, oh, we'll get it right. You know, we finally, you know, we're just not there yet. We'll fix and it in post. <laughs> it, was, it was that, but they were in post and you're like getting close to deadline. It's still not there. And then when it finally, you know, we saw the, we screened the Air Master, like, oh, okay, that works. You know, yeah. that, that it's appropriately bizarre. I, I think it was done in that way specifically to highlight how bizarre or like what kind of this guy's state of yeah. mind is, how off kilter he is the entire time that you that's lovely. Thank you. Oh my god, you guys, we have room service. Thank you very much. Magic water. This is lovely. <laughs> I think those are both for me because I sound like I'm dying. Whatever, this one's mine now. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, okay. Um, I the think it was and meant, the writing. The writing, I feel like it was done that way specifically to show how crazy this guy mm-hmm. is. and Because even though he's being very scientific and very methodical about it, he clearly has no moral compass and, I guess, being alone for so long. Or maybe he was just always crazy. I think it's a good visual reflection on how his brain was working. Like, here's how, hey viewers, guess what? If you couldn't tell from the way he was talking, let's have some fun camera stuff to throw you off pretty badly because surprise, surprise, the guy's a nut. Yeah, I thought it was very unsettling witnessing that. Like, it upset my eyes the first time and I thought the movie was, like, I thought it was cutting out (laughs) on my computer and realizing that that was the technique of choice to convey that he is a little off kilter and then also realizing that his notes are just one word (laughs) <laughs> They're not detailed. Pain, no, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things. One, one of the things this this season more than the the second season more than the first season is that they're really kind of having fun with a genre on each episode, and so they they're they're a little bit different on each episode. In this particular one, I think Dan really channeled in his horror movie Saw kind yes. of. You oh know, God, I, think, yes. I think you look at the t- uh, the the scratching to go. That's seven. You know, that's you know. I think you could probably pull apart every little bit of this thing, and and Dan probably thought about every shot how does this play homage not uh, homage not copy 
homage. Know, we, homage. 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 Not, 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 not copy the, um, the style, but, uh, you know, just how he but plays into all that, to, to, it, yeah. to that uh, genre. And so you can pull a lot out of each, uh, each scene like that. The same with, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the, uh, Chicken scratching. And for me, my favorite part was actually going through and talking about the different iterations of zombies and zombie films and its role in pop culture because I feel like I've had that conversation. I feel like, and I shouldn't identify with the collector on any level, <laughs> but like in terms of like a love of a certain genre, I feel like I was the collector talking to one of my friends who like couldn't care less about the fe- about the movies that I watch and why they're important and everything I, I like think, that. I think, yeah, I'm probably the mistake person to have here. Dan, the director, would have, could probably tell you every scene in what probably zombie movie that plays into, you know. Uh, <laughs> in this case, when she's the collector, I'm usually Murphy. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, Scream. I love that movie. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, like, Night of the Living Dead. What was your favorite part? It was so hard to pick. <laughs> I saw the Night of the Living Dead riff tracks, ah. and I enjoyed that very much. But that's my frame of reference. Well, and I I think that the types of movies that they picked are important not only because not only because they wanted to be meta and everything like that, but because they are significant touchstones Mm -hmm. in the zombie genre, but also because they're things that tie into what's going on in Z Nation, um, specifically with the Doctor of Death, because I was very much reminded of some of the voodoo zombie movies when we initially showed the Doctor of Death in his experimentation stages, I suppose you could say. Just being able to command and control the zombies, it was very reminiscent of some of these old films. So I very much appreciated the inclusion of these conversations in here. Not just for the wink-wink, nudge-nudge, but also because plot-wise, they are significant. One of the things in uh, the very first season, actually in the Bible in the beginning part, was um, about Z-Nation, was that this is a world where you accept zombies... You accept the name zombie. You know that George Romero existed before, and that there are films about zombies. And you don't, you don't just pretend like it's magically gone. And so uh, that was the mantra from the get go. And it plays into it on on this episode. But it's like, yes, that's why they call them zombies and not walkers or whatever. I mean, they they acknowledge that. And and throughout the whole course of the couple seasons, you know, Addie says things like, "This is not you know Romero's uh, you know apocalypse <laughs> vision." You know, it's they they accept it. Yeah, even in the second episode of Z Nation, they they basically said that their zombies work with Romero rules. Yes. Like, yeah. you die, you become a zombie. You don't necessarily have to be bit. Yeah. Right. That was around before The Walking Dead, everybody. That was something that Romero came up with <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, and I love the history primer that we got because, as far as I can tell, all of that information was accurate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, they're, look, everyone in that room is a geek and they're fans of the genre <laughs> and, and they love Nerds. this stuff. And, yeah, and I don't, I, I don't think anyone probably even looked at the internet to see if they were right about the logic of it. I think they just, they know it, you know, uh, very well. And, and I'm sorry, Miss Nerd. What panel are we on? <laughs> Nerds. What are we recapping today? Uh, Mikey Bag of Donuts in the chat has a, um, <coughs> made a note that I want to ask you about. Uh, one of the movie posters in the episode was a Keith Allen movie from the asylum. Was that in the background? It's the very tour? possible. They, you know, look, we're uh, it's it's uh, a show with a very limited budget, and we've made at the asylum probably twenty to thirty zombie movies already, and so and Keith. Uh, was in a couple, um, and he's written a couple, and uh, uh, he's directed one that wasn't a zombie. It was a, a horror film. Uh, so yeah, he probably there probably was that. I didn't necessarily see it. So I that's saw a, that's a cute little wink to anybody who caught it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple winks. The the um, uh, the woman that um, is the, uh, the the stepmom to the to the baby was Keith's wife in another zombie film that we had really? earlier. So this is their second child yeah. together. Ma Kettle? Ma Kettle. <laughs> Ma Kettle. So, and Ma uh, Kettle's D.C. Douglas. Well, yes, the well, voice of Wesker. Well, Ma Kettle's my wife. So uh, so we have that going there, too. But, uh, <laughs> so how's Lucy doing? Lucy's great. Actually, uh, my, my mother-in-law texted going, my child is so beautiful. I'm just seeing the episode. A little blue, but uh, beautiful. She's a fan, too. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we move on, we should 
probably talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so, so much for everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate and leave a comment. Uh, but I, we, we don't have any new comments this time around, so we would love to hear from you guys because going to iTunes, rating, leaving a five-star comment, and telling us what you like about the show is the best way to let our producers know that you love the Z Nation after show. So please do that, and we appreciate everybody who's in the hashtag right now, everybody who's in the live chat. You guys are a riot. Not gonna <laughs> lie. I, I missed who it was, but somebody agreed with me in terms of going through like the history of zombie movies. So I appreciate I think it. That was Sylvia it. Love. Sylvia. Thank you, Sylvia. And we <laughs> also had season finale predictions, which included Murphy getting killed by the Wheel of Cheese, Ooh. which has been my favorite so far. That's a good one. Interesting theory. So uh, we, well, we, we have... Oh, go ahead. No, just a little bit. Yeah. I was just going to say that we have Mike and Alicia Perez on uh, the hashtag. One of the questions from Alicia uh, was, on a scale from 1 to 10, how batshit crazy was that collector? 35. Yeah, 35. <laughs> Good Lord. Six, yeah. At least an 11. He I mean, up there. everyone in the apocalypse is at least an 8 just from having to live through the apocalypse. So that's your new base. That's your new one. Yeah, even, and our, go from even our heroes. <laughs> our heroes are, are all high at 8. Up there. 10K is a 10. I, one, of the, one of the big concerns about casting that role is that it could go into comedy real easily mm-hmm. without. And, and, and the challenge was to be scared. You know, I mean, have this guy crazy. Uh, but scary and with a little bit of weird, pathetic humor to it. So that guy nailed it. And, but definitely, we saw additions going in, going. Ah, this is and and our concern uh, on the network level and the studio level was we can't play this as a comedy. I mean, this is there's funny things going on, but don't play into the and they didn't. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. like Murphy hitting him in the face with the final book, of oh. a song in Ice and Fire. That that was speaking oh of being God. a nerd. Can like, I that have was, this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really great. Do you still have copies but, of those? Uh, you know what? I think they've probably been taken by one production. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my copy was from Sharknado 3, but that would have been nice to have one that had the zombies. The, the zombie yeah. Yeah. No, that that was really great. But as as funny as that bit was, I mean, the collector does make a very poignant observation about Murphy's situation. Going to the CDC in California, he's probably not going to be in a much better situation than if he were to just stay there hanging out on a throne in this guy's museum. Because the, we, who knows what, first of all, whether the CDC is even still functioning. We have no idea. We've been out of communication with Citizen Z for a while now. And so we have no idea. He was out of communication with them for a while too before that. And even if they manage to get there, there's no telling what they'll want to do to Murphy when they well, do get there. I have to say that that's why the ending of, I'm jumping ahead, was so important and poignant and just well done to have this little private moment between Murphy and Warren and him saying, look, when we get there, you know. And, and it was a very personal moment for him. I mean, I think Keith did a, just got a home run the whole way. You know, it's just he did a, such a great job feeling empathy and power and loss and everything else. But that end moment where, you know, he has no more blood, but he's, you know, kind of a little bit loopy. But he was scared and, and, and vulnerable for the first time, I felt. And... Uh, you know, that's going to play into as we go into, uh, you know, yeah. the CDC or California. She made him a promise. Yeah. yeah. I feel like at the end of last episode and the beginning of this episode, it was kind of he was very much. That was a horribly constructed sentence. I apologize. <laughs> um, he was very much so I am the mission. I am the top of this heap of chaos in this like zombie apocalypse and then being back in a situation much like the very first episode when we saw him strapped down to a table he's he's going through like oh this is what it's going to be like when we get there they're going to stab me with needles and they might you know cut into my flesh and they're going to take my blood and that doesn't seem as appealing and I think it brought him back down although sorry buddy you're a human MacGuffin Although, theoretically, they at least wouldn't do it while also hosting their own talk shows. Hopefully the CDC scientists aren't that nuts. Hopefully they have fancy letters. (laughs) Remember, eight is our baseline now. (laughs) But I I will say that it it was a very nice thing to reflect on because because of everything that's happened since the season finale of season one, 
is that you kind of forget that these people are all friends because there's been such a focus on the mission and getting him from point A to point B and the drama that went down with Cassandra and the kid, the zombie kid, who may or may not have been a good thing for humanity. Like, between all of that stuff, you do forget that these people have all connected together and that they are friends because they haven't acted like friends for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're friends and Vasquez. Who had one of <laughs> Vasquez my, and friends. He had one of my favorite lines this episode. Just for, for how important this guy is, we sure lose him a lot. <laughs> just like, and he's sitting on top of the fourth wall and peeking over the other side. Yeah, yes. this, this was the second episode in a row where we had a character separate from the rest of the group and the rest of the episode was just what that character's adventure is this time around. The difference is, though, and Warren pointed it out, that without Murphy, there's no mission. So they had to find him, and that was the ultimate purpose. Yeah, they seem to lose him a lot. (laughs) They really do. They seem to lose him more in the future episodes, too. I I love that little bit of meta-commentary, just like, yep. (laughs) So... So we and and I will say that the scene where 10K comes up to the guy's door, uh, well, first of all, the the when the zombie came up because Murphy tried a couple times to get zombie aid uh, from any zombie that he could get a hold of, and this guy finds out. You know, he kind of sets him up. He finds out that Murphy can control the zombies, so that was a very scary thing, knowing that this guy set him up and just kind of was waiting and watching. But then when Murphy tried to make his escape, seeing the zombie react uh, when Murphy was getting shocked too. That was unsettling because it show you know, it just kind of again highlights the psychic connection that's mm-hmm. going on in the same way that Murphy could feel the plant monster a couple episodes ago. This zombie was feeling what Murphy was going through. That was <sighs> and then <laughs> chills, just chills. Yeah, and then 10K comes up, and we had this very tense... And again, I want to highlight how great the the performances are in this episode. We had this very tense scene of 10K being at this guy's door, Murphy getting electrocuted, uh, and the collector basically getting ready to pull a gun on 10K if he needed to. Yeah, no, this was this was a really great like scene, just all, all the blocking yes. and the setup and everything. And their moments really were, were good together because they needed to have that confrontation ultimately between Ten K and uh, and Murphy. Yeah, uh, yes. because there's a lot going on uh, after the death of uh, Cassandra. So yeah, and to the point where Ten K, who doesn't speak a whole lot, actually says, "I hate you. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of you. I hate you for what you've done." That was a great little exchange. That was powerful because realistically any one of the characters could have had the development where they were the ones to find Murphy and they were the ones to go through that experience. But it was very powerful and very necessary to the storyline, I think, to have 10K be the one saving Murphy in this situation because it kind of shows that 10K is really just cares about saving people and in his mind like he saved Cassandra from a fate worse than death and he mm-hmm. stands by that and he's not going to leave Murphy to the collector, even though he probably, some part of him probably wouldn't mind doing that, but... Yeah, and it makes me wonder if 10K will ever be able to forgive Murphy for what he's done, and whether or not they, as a group, can kind of move forward and reach some sort of, like, acceptance, like, this wasn't an okay thing to do, but I forgive you. I think that... Excuse me. I think they can reach a uh, working relationship... But I don't think there's going to be any actual forgiveness or real friendship until a Murphy comes around to, maybe I shouldn't have done that to her. And he just doesn't see it that way. He sees it as, I saved her life. I gave her new life. He sees this as a good thing. And I don't know if there's anything that will convince him otherwise. I, you know, it's one of those... I, I It's surprising to me where the relationships are going. And, um, you know, I'm kind of a fan watching it as well, even though I've read all the scripts and seen everything. But uh, it's you need to have that tension. I, I think if everyone was like, okay, let's all go to California uh, <laughs> without there being the drama, then it's just a bunch of just jokes, you know, going. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and so you need to have what, what I love about the show is that you have these really funny, fun moments, but you have these really deep, you know, moments too. And I think it kind of gets 
you know, forgotten because you have the big cheese wheel. But in that same <laughs> episode of that one, you have, you know, uh, Warren getting the the, the um, antibiotics from, you know, these by uh, stealing. By stealing. I mean, there's some people really who aren't heavy fight back. Yeah. moments in these in these ups and downs, you know, um, and. And I think you just you have to have that in in there again. Not spoiling anything one way or the other, whether to reconcile or not. But you know, the tension is always important. Yeah, yeah. And just because you know we we made it through this episode, it doesn't mean that their relationship is right. fixed. It's just taken that next step. Yeah. But something we we touched on but kind of skipped over was the fact that Murphy actually did eat a brain this yeah. episode, like at under first, duress. Yeah. Well, he was he wasn't on and it was board. A real brain. He <laughs> what? method acting. He insisted. No, I. <laughs> well, it, it, again, this was just an altogether unsettling episode because Murphy was fantasizing about it at the beginning of the episode, and then got a taste of it, and like against his will, it wasn't something that he actually wanted because ew, gross. And then it just activated something in his brain, and he just devoured it. Well, originally when he got caught and he was in the trap, the zombie offered him brain. And, and he, he was like, mm, just a tiny little, little taste. And you, they made a point to um, add in the effects of the neurons firing and everything and having that very, you know, zombie reaction to brains. My, my concern, and I, I think if you're a fan of the show, uh, is probably everyone's concern, is, well, once you've done that and you've jolted Murphy into this, like, hyper craziness, where do you go from there? You know, how is this going to really you know, play uh, into itself in the next few episodes or a season or whatever, because I think you just went from here to here uh, yes. on, on his progression. Uh, and so, and, and I think they they handled it very well in the upcoming episodes, but it's, uh, it was like, that's a big yeah. jump. You ate the brains, you're feeling, yeah, you know. Because it's one thing to like take a taste and go, oh, that's right. new. <laughs> and it's a completely different thing to devour a human right. brain with the ferocity that he ate it. It's an alcoholic going off the wagon is what it is. <laughs> and it's now where do you take that character? You know? Well, he ate the brains and he also got a healthy dose of electroshock therapy with it. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah he, um, he went through the ringer this episode. He got he shocked. He ate some brains. Like, he got stabbed. <laughs> he's also the only character that we know of to have a nice hot shower. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, he got but one he nice paid thing. for it. He, he paid did. for it because he got shocked. He got stabbed. He got strapped to a table. He got tied up. He got, oh gosh, what else? He got his blood drained <laughs> from him. Yeah. That's, an, that's enough to knock anybody out. He had his bone marrow taken. Yeah. We did get an explanation for why they couldn't just take some of his blood and ship it off. They couldn't freeze it because the antibodies. Like, he knows this. Hashtag Z Nation Science. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will say, though, one thing we didn't get an explanation for was how the zombies got free of their traps. And this is my one big criticism of the episode is that I assume one of the things that got left on the cutting room floor was a scene showing either the electrical field getting turned off, uh, Murphy willing them out of, like, to work through the pain out of the invisible fences. We don't know how, how. Someone please tweet at me. Let me know. How did these zombies get free? I think the dailies, I remember seeing the dailies where they, Kind of willed themselves out. Zenation uh, science. Yeah. But we didn't see that. Yeah, but you're asking me, so I'm telling you. Okay, so there you go. But we also didn't <laughs> see them travel from Springfield to Texas, but so, here they are. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> there. That would have just been an entire episode of them being on the road. <laughs> it's uh, one of those things. Uh, talking to Carl, and I think you've mentioned it before on the show, is that you don't know how long time is in between each episode, so they can go from. You know, they could travel for weeks and you not know it. You just haven't seen it. And during that time, nothing really exciting happened episode-worthy. So uh, you're seeing the highlights of... Uh, yeah, we know. would have an entire episode of them playing I Spy in the car. Yes. <laughs> and that would be boring, just like actual yes. road trips. And, and I, I would watch I'd watch a short of that, actually. <laughs> just ten minutes, just to see how long we can go before someone gets fed up with it. Or someone starts cheating. Mm. <laughs> oh, I saw a road sign five miles back. It's not my fault that you couldn't guess it in that time. Like, it escalates into this giant fight. <laughs> Warren's like, I will pull this car over. Deleted do not make me pull over. Done. Done and done. Uh, yes. Uh, we have to do that now. 
fantastic. Just little internet shorts. I love mm-hmm. it. Little supplementary material. Yeah, we yeah, always talk about that, by the way. <laughs> that is always something that we talk about. We want to do a sketchy skeezy, you know, short. We want yes. to do, uh, um, oh God, uh, uh, Bill Voorhees plays uh, the Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. Uh, you know, do, do a short <laughs> See with what him. happened to him. See what happened yes, to him. Please. Yeah, where'd he go? Uh, Michelle was, was just, very invested in him being a part of the I, show. He came in like a wrecking ball. He, he did. did. He did. <laughs> Can we not talk now? No, um, go ahead. But uh, Bill's a great actor. And uh, and Bill actually also works over at the asylum, just like Keith did prior to uh, uh, Z Nation. And, um, yeah, he, he's a very funny guy. And uh, Wrecking Ball, you know, he really brought a lot to it. And, yeah, I'd love to know what happened to Wrecking Ball. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I, I feel like if he didn't get eaten by Cassandra, that they just threw him out of the car I, I th- the second th- he yeah. came I think you were saying on predictions on that uh, episode that you want, you uh. thought you were, he was going to come back and you were going to see him some more or something like that. <laughs> I just and wanted like, it yeah, to happen. Yeah, I did too. You know? <laughs> Wanted it to happen. Well, it's open ended. You know, we don't it know is. what happened to him. They so just, uh, she stole his jacket. That's, that's right. all we know. He'll come in like the cheese wheel at the end of the season. <laughs> he'll just riding the cheese he's wheel. Gonna he's going to be a huge gun and just take out a bunch of zombies. Be like, hey guys, actually burst through a it wall. Took, it took me a while to catch up with you, but here I am. <laughs> if he burst in like the Kool Aid Man, that's exactly what I was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. That yes. would be so Let me big. make a call. All, uh, we ask, all we ask, David, is no. a consulting credit. That's that's all we ask. Done. Not a problem. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I didn't ask for a cameo. Ooh. <laughs> if you ever yeah. make it to L.A. and you need like a panel of zombie hosts going, uh. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever need that, let Can us we know. Do that for an in Washington, show? you know, <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, just if you need us, we are here for you. All yes. right. All right. Excellent. <laughs> so we we have this confrontation between Murphy and 10K uh, where Murphy is able to will the zombies to t- literally tear this guy apart. And in you a very. You want to know what it's like to be me. There's no mercy in my it's world. Powerful. Just like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, Don't mess around. And seeing this, uh, as well as the scene where um, he was remembering what happened in the first episode, that he will find the person who did this to him, hunt them down and eat their brains, that that's something that he very much still <laughs> intends to do. Didn't like, he find out that she died, though? Possibly. I, I don't recall. I'll, I'll be honest, know. guys. It's been a while since we've seen the doctor. Did she die? I, I don't know. I think... Uh, Is her fate ambiguous as well? Dr. Th- Curian said she died, so there's a chance that that's a lie, but... Yeah, I mean, it's Dr. Curian. He's a monster, so yeah. <laughs> you were going to say something, and now you're doing a shady dance. <laughs> shady dance? You said there were no I'm, spoilers I'm, with you. I'm going under a tunnel. I can't hear you. <laughs> that's well, a very point, localized point tunnel. Being, I think it's possible you might see. Uh, Dr. Merch in a future episode. I think that if she was dead that this, you know, thing that Murphy's holding on to you know, is very much like because he he's it's kind of like you're you're you have this journey for revenge and then you find out that the person is dead when you finally get to them that is that you know that completely undermines your entire journey trying to get to them however when we find her again if we find her again she may very well be a zombie at that point in which case he would have control over her he could make her walk off a cliff if he wanted she might also be like him who knows if we knew that it or worked if if she happens to be alive, not to get into predictions, he could bite her and then control her. He could do any number of things. Who knows? Well, do we have anything else to cover before we get into predictions? Um, no, I, I just really liked what you said about this moment between Warren and Murphy, just having this very genuine moment of human connection. He, he had uh, two of those. One of them was with Warren, and the other was with 10K, which is, don't worry, kid, it'll all be over soon. You know, just yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, these are real human kind of... Um, nice things to to say, you know. Well, Didn't he also say, I'm glad you found me, kid? Like, when yeah. he got in the yeah. wheelchair mm-hmm. and everything? Like, that yeah. was good. It is good. And it shows that, like, he especially was harboring this resentment towards 10K. Maybe he's letting go of that a little bit. Yeah. Especially, you know, having been saved. And so, yeah, we had a lot of really good character development episodes this season, and this was really indicative of that. I liked that. I just like 10K telling the zombies, I'm with him. Like, that's going <laughs> to make a difference. It's totally okay. <laughs> Although 
something also important to note was when the gang came in as the cavalry, they were almost out of bullets. Yeah. And now they're just about out of ammo, and they're getting ready to move on to a new place. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if on the cutting room floor we have scenes where they're foraging for food, for ammo, for whatever, because there's just that one guy in town and everything else is empty. But don't eat the bark off this tree. It starts out good, but it's got a tangy aftertaste. <laughs> And, and remember, fast. you know, we, there's a lot of time in between episodes. They could be uh, They could very well yeah. make you a know. supply run. Absolutely. And it'd be fine. So, talking about looking towards the future, let's go ahead and get into predictions. Ooh, good. Do I get to play, too? Yeah. <laughs> and now, Jazz hands. And it's very fitting that this music is playing because in the next episode, we're going to Area 51. Yeah, we are. So I think we made Sorry. a joke earlier in the season about alien zombies, uh-huh. yep. and I think that's what we're actually getting. Yeah. I think it's happening. <laughs> I, it's I saw happening. That. <laughs> Your predictions are pretty good. You know, that's week. what people keep saying, and I'm kind of, I'm always like, what did I say? I'm flabbergasted. We this was a trumps. joke, yeah. guys. This was a joke. Or we're just really obvious. All right, we'll do better next time. We know our tropes. <laughs> Well, and and we joke all the time about, like, not wanting to give away spoilers. We say the aliens come down and kill everybody. That may very well be how the next episode ends. Just aliens come down. Everyone's decimated at Area 51. Who knows? Um, And then the series will pick back up with Lucy, and she'll be our protagonist. There'll be a time skip. (laughs) Everything will be fine. Let's do the time warp. (laughs) But I wanted to know, what do you guys think is going to happen in the next episode, hanging out at Area 51? Oh my god, I have no idea. I'm sure alien zombies are going to be a thing that occurs. Aside from that, I got nothing. I'm sure references are going to be made to conspiracy theories from history of things that are kept in Area 51, possibly. Do you think we're going to see the Ark of the Covenant? Do you think we'll frame (laughs) any shots like they frame Alien? I hope there's an Independence Day reference. <laughs> well deserved. Yes. <laughs> Although what I, I I think we saw from the preview was a zombie being abducted. And that to me sounds absolutely hilarious is seeing zombies getting abducted by old timey looking flying saucers. That's what I want. Sign me up. (laughs) That can only end well. (laughs) And my prediction, and I'll just tell you how it goes. uh, uh, Basically, (laughs) and that's really how it ends and how the series ends. So you're um, very good at that. (laughs) There, uh, there you go. Actually, you know, next week technical uh, difficulties. There, you guys. Sorry about that. Uh, Uh, Well, we we didn't hear that. It would be so good, though. Yeah, isn't that crazy? What's going to happen? Oh my god! Uh, Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for everybody inc- to find out. An incredible actress is uh, guest starring next uh, next week, and that's uh, it's, it. Was a treat to have her. I mean, you guys great. have had a lot of really good guest people in. Uh, I mean, earlier you had uh, the villain from Die Hard too. Mm-hmm. You, um, you guys have had a lot, and again, the collector and, in this episode was perfect. Coming up, we have some really big big hitter stars. Kelly McGillis was last uh, season, amongst others. But you know, it's one of the things that Carl said from the get go. He says, "Look." You will know how good the series is when in the next season you're going to get bigger stars because they want to be a, a part of the whole thing. And it's true. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's great to be in that position to uh, have a series people want to be a part of. Yeah, no, it's it definitely looks like it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> it's just well, fun watching people on Twitter tweeting at the asylum and going, so when do I get to be on... Yeah, <laughs> I follow DC Douglas, so I get the... When do uh, I get to be on Z Nation? And I'm like, oh, buddy. DC that is true. Is, uh, you guys got That's pretty awesome. I've, I've known DC for 15, 18 years, something like that. And uh, he was one of my very first films. And... Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we just we always try and find something for him. He was in Sharknado too. Um, <laughs> he was uh, obviously in Z Nation, and uh, I, I mean, he was Titanic too. He did Titanic <laughs> yeah. too. He was uh, in that. Um, that's, it, be- that's where it clicked. Is that embarrassing? That might be embarrassing. <laughs> and yeah. we just finished the film with him, uh, with a, a really great zombie uh, film. Yeah, uh, Isle of the Dead stars uh, Joey Lawrence. 
um, amongst other people, and DC Douglas. You, you probably don't know Joey Lawrence. That I'm actually afraid. brings me to my Lawrence. next question is, do you have any current upcoming projects that you'd like viewers to <laughs> know about that you can talk about? I know it's really tough when things are in development, so if you can talk about them, we you're are, more than welcome to. Well, I'll say that we're in development with Sharknado 4, obviously. <laughs> um, what's this one going to, what's going to be the, because the last one was, oh, hell no. Yeah, I think this is be, oh, Really? Again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once more uh, with actually feeling. my wife said uh, this time it's personal again. Ah! Um, was, uh, I, I, I like that one. The other that we liked for number three that didn't use was Thanks Obama. Um, <laughs> Sharknado 4. Thanks Obama. Uh, uh, and then we just we just finished, I saw first Rough Cut to Dead 7, which is a film we did in Montana with uh, Nick Carter and Joy Fatone and uh, I mean, every all the '90s boy bands and oh my uh, god, they're back again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, and it's just that's a lot of fun. And we can't get away from the zombies. It seems uh, that seems to be something that well we enjoy. Uh, so uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Well, again, thank you so so much for joining us tonight. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you and uh, with all of the projects that you have going on? Right. For me personally, on the Twitter, it's at David M Latt, uh, and also at the Asylum uh, for the Asylum uh, uh, official feed. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so so much for well, joining us tonight, Michelle. Where can people go if they want to find you? You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. Katie. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiajet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I'm on so many of the shows, you guys. Uh, Blind Spot. Um, I'm missing all my shows now. <laughs> Arrow. We're doing Steven Universe this week, and Ruby comes back on Thursday. Woo! Yes. A lot of good stuff this week. <laughs> so much good stuff. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, including Ash vs. Evil Dead tonight. Ah, guys, I'm so excited to talk about that. I also write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Thank you again to everybody on the hashtag, everybody in the live chat. You guys are fantastic. Uh, and Dave, thank you again so much. It was an absolute this pleasure having I, you on. I watched it every week. Are you guys sisters? Um, okay, <laughs> we're and, cousins. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're cousins. Everyone, uh, and it was a great time. Thank you so much for doing this. Really, well, be sure yeah. to come back again. We loved having you. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna stay He's here. Serious. Thank you all again. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.